Welcome back to the program. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you in Jesus' holy name. I thank you and praise you for all of the ways that you love us and take care of us, all the ways that you bless us. I thank you, Lord, for the gift of May, this gift of a month dedicated to uh, the your blessed mother, and uh, also for the feast yesterday of the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker. We do look to our Blessed Mother and St. Joseph to be great intercessors for us on our life's way. Pray for us and uh, pray with us to Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Lord Jesus, please give us the grace and an anointing, Lord, for these times that we would fulfill the call that is ours. I love you, Jesus. I thank you for the gift of this time. And we make this prayer in your holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, I'm feeling kind of spiritually fired up. I like this. This is, this is good. I came away from that men's conference, Iron Sharpens Iron, on Saturday. Pretty fired up. So I've got some stories to tell. I, I call them divine appointments. I, I didn't make that phrase up. A divine appointment is essentially... When you are going about your day and all of a sudden a conversation happens, a meeting between two people happens, you stumble into a situation and all of a sudden it's like, wow, God, God's here. God God set this up. I wasn't aware of it. So the person probably wasn't aware of it, but God set it up. And and so the happening has a, uh, it it has a a quality of, of breaking into our lives, the awareness that God is the living God, and God is on the move, (laughs) and He's on the move through our lives. So I'm excited to share with you uh, some of these stories from uh, from the trip. So I came over on uh, on Friday. I drove during uh, the day and uh, got to Olympia in time to um, in time to uh, do a little bit of real estate work. I'm actually helping a family there list a home for sale. And this is not a family that I know from church settings. And so, interestingly, so talking with them about, uh, just talking with them about their house and, and looking at it and talking through some of the real estate stuff. And they knew that I was coming over there as well to speak at an event, but they didn't know it was at a church. <laughs> so I said, oh yeah, so I'm speaking at the church. And they said, what are you speaking about? And, and you know, that's kind of a vulnerable moment, Okay. Because here I am, now I know a lot of you folks know that I do this real estate work as a mission, like helping families discern, like, God, what are you doing? And Lord, are you asking my family to move right now? And Or we're feeling called to move, or we are moving, and, and I want to work with a person that is both professionally excellent, but also brings a perspective of faith. Great, I'm in, let's go, let's pray, let's discern, let's figure this out, and then let's do a great job. Well, I'm doing the great job part, I hope, but they don't know any of the faith part, so here it is. Okay, when you meet someone in a professional setting, and all of a sudden now it comes time to either put your faith out there in a public way and risk, well, risk what? Well, risk an uncomfortable moment, risk a moment of rejection, risk a moment of uh, conflict, uh, and, and, and isn't it fascinating how in these circumstances we can cower, we can hold back, 
we can um, sort of make a little more fuzzy what it is we're actually doing. <laughs> In fact, I did it tonight. Isn't this funny? I, I was texting someone, a real estate agent that I had to talk to uh, on Monday, and I was driving to Mass with my daughter uh, on the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker. We were going to the 5.30 Mass, and I texted and I said, hey, I'm going to a meeting at 6, and the meeting should get out around 6, and then I'll I'll give you a call afterwards. I guess that's a different circumstance. I guess I, I don't have to say, I'm going to the, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, the Sacred Liturgy. <laughs> But this was different. These people are looking me in the eyes, and they're like, well, what are you talking about? And I just said, Jesus. And they just looked at me, and the the husband said, Joshua, Yeshua. And I'm like, yeah, God saves. Yahweh saves. All right. Let's, he said, go for it, man. Go. Have a great talk. And I, I was like, wow, all right. Now, is that a big deal? I mean, really, is that, it's not a big deal. It's like nothing. Are we really ashamed of the name of Jesus? Are we really so uncomfortable that in that circumstance, like maybe you're not going to go give a talk at church, but maybe you were saying, oh, I've got to leave. I've got to go to mass. If someone said to you, where are you going? Would you say, I'm going to church? Or would you say, I'm going to mass. I'm Catholic and I'm going to a Catholic mass nearby. Would you say that? It's an interesting question. Well, that was the theme for Friday night. Friday night, it was they asked me to talk on moving from ashes to new fire. And part of the the new fire that flows from Easter towards Pentecost is having that fire of the Holy Spirit in us to evangelize. And I was giving examples that night in the talk that are sort of daily examples that are connected to your life in faith. So I shared a couple stories that I had already shared with you folks on the radio about uh, John Mark and his classmate, co-worker, friend, uh, working at Krispy Kreme, and how they stood up for their faith at work with their manager, which was really cool. And then that story about the um, woman in the hospital that her name was Carrie as well, that I ended up praying with, which was a really neat story. Anyways, so I shared those stories, and, and and what was the whole idea? The whole idea is that, look, the Lord is going to use you to share your faith. My brothers and sisters, I'm telling you this story because the Lord's going to use you to share your faith. You might have a divine appointment on your calendar, on your, on, I'm sorry, on God's calendar for your day, on God's agenda for your day. Don't just think that it's going to be an ordinary day from the standpoint of God. Okay, so now show up. It is Saturday morning, and it's time for the men's conference. And a few things I got to tell you. Okay, so number one, this conference, it uh, it had, uh, I was the fifth speaker. <laughs> you don't want to be the fifth speaker at an event, right? Actually, it was at the fourth speaker, fifth talk. You don't want to be the fifth talk in a talk that starts at three o'clock in the afternoon. This is this is not being set up for success. <laughs> There's only so many words people can take in. But I got to tell you, the talks were outstanding. Wow. The guys that were there feasted on some amazing talks. There's John Leonetti. I had never heard him before. I'd never heard of him. And I had not heard him before, but he was good. He was he was entertaining. 
He was insightful. He told personal stories, but he was also uh, he did so with a with the way that was like stirring faith and and moved the guys. They were laughing and they were engaged. He did a good job. He really did. And you know, so standard men's conference kind of talks, right? But he did a really good job. Okay, then from there uh, and. Inter, we interwoven into the day were times of um, praise and worship, which was also, I think, really cool that you, you want to stir these guys to pray, right? Okay. Then um, Bishop Frank Schuster spoke. Now, I remember Bishop Frank Schuster when he was seminarian, Frank Schuster. <laughs> and then Father Frank Schuster, and now Bishop Frank Schuster, who was also the pastor of the parish where Carrie and I um uh, really raised our kids at St. Vincent de Paul in Federal Way. And we left before he was assigned there as uh, as bishop, assigned as a pastor there. Really cool. He was a priest and then assigned, then he was made consecrated bishop when he was there. Okay. He gave the best talk I've ever heard a bishop give at a conference. He really did. I told him that. I said, Bishop Frank, I said, that was excellent. <laughs> and that's not, I mean... You know, I, I said that to Carrie. She's like, well, are you saying there was a low bar? I'm like, well, no, it, it's often the case that bishops will read a prepared text and use a lot of, let's call it sort of church document kind of language. But Bishop Frank, he was personal. And again, he was insightful. And he was even funny, uh, entertaining. But I, I was like, Bishop Frank, great job. It was really neat. I hadn't seen him in a while. I hadn't seen him since he had been consecrated bishop. So it was kind of neat to catch up with him too. Okay. Then uh, after uh, after lunch, um, after lunch, there was a deacon who spoke and he was fired up. This deacon was fired up and he focused on the Blessed Mother and the Eucharist as these two pillars to address the storms that the church is going through right now. And, and he was referencing a, a dream of St. John Bosco, who uh, talked about these two pillars, would, which would be the provide safe refuge for the church in a time of storm, the Eucharist and, uh, the, uh, and the Blessed Mother. And, and he focused in on various forms of devotion to the Blessed Mother, especially the rosary. But I got to tell you, he was also a witness he was a witness to what he was discussing. He, uh, you know, he shared that he prays uh, all set all four sets of mysteries every day. Just kind of just slipped it in. He wasn't bragging about it. He just said, "This is a call I feel," and and he just kept moving. But that I, I thought that was really cool. Okay, and then I spoke. <laughs> I'll get to my talk in a little bit, but I want to talk about stories. So the first thing is this: is that not only was this event great because you had great speakers, right? That that really does so much to make an event, you know, good. But it was so neat. Carrie said to me, she said, uh, you be there the whole day. You get there as early as possible, beginning of the day if you can, and you be there the whole day uh, for the for the sake of what God wants to do. God wants to do something uh, in your life as well. And it will be such an encouragement for your faith and for the faith of others to just be there to connect with guys. And I knew some of the guys that were going, and that was exactly what happened. It was so powerful. And so now I want to, I want to tell you some stories, some of these divine uh, appointments that God established for me while I was there. But just to say, 
I talk about the importance of conferences quite a bit, that conferences uh, can be great chances to encourage a sense of fellowship. You're not alone. You're, you think you can be fighting a battle and you're the only one. And where are all the other guys? Well, when you come out to a conference like this, and this is the 10th year of Iron Sharpens Iron, that you just feel like, oh, okay, I get this. I'm not alone. There are a whole bunch of other guys, and and you can even bring guys with you, and so you get to then go be go beyond your own small group of guys, be get get together with other groups of guys, and and you know I, there were over three hundred guys there, three four hundred guys, and it was wonderful. Just it was that fellowship part was wonderful. Okay, I want to dive into some stories though, so I'm gonna take a break. When I come back, I'm gonna share with you some divine appointments again. When God opens a door, are you ready to step in? When God brings before you an opportunity, are you on the alert? And can you believe, brothers and sisters, will you believe that the Lord sets up these types of moments, but he needs you to step through that door? And that means taking a risk. That means being willing to extend yourself because Jesus Christ, the living Lord, isn't only present in a misty sort of way, but in an utterly personal way. And he intends to break into the lives of so many people that we encounter every day. Yes, through you, through your words, your gestures, your sharing, even, yes, your prayer. So I'm going to share these stories because I want to be an encouragement to you that you can do this. You can do this. You can be the witness, not the window, the open door, the conduit. You can be the, the, the place where Christ is manifesting himself to speak into someone else's life whom the Lord is waiting to reach. And he's going to reach him today in this moment through you. That's what I'm going to talk about. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a, a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out, drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. Okay, so here we go. Four stories. Four stories. So the first story, I just got there in the morning. I did not get there at the very beginning of the day. Shame on me. I uh, was really tired from my long drive. <laughs> I needed a little bit of rest. So got up, made it over, and I got. I was there just after the first talk started. So I got to hear most of the talk, but I was in the, the gathering area of St. Michael's, and um it's a it's a great place to gather. And so the first thing that happened was I was sitting there and listening to the talk, uh, taking some notes, just trying to be prayerful and present in the moment. But it's a little bit more open so you can walk around. And there was another guy there. I didn't know who he was. 
guy probably in his mid-30s or so. And he was he was actually manning a table. What does that mean? So there were several tables of different groups there that um, were um, promoting a mission, a ministry, or selling some goods. Uh, Alleluia Catholic Bookstore, Catholic Book and Gifts were there. I love those guys. Support Alleluia Catholic Books and Gifts. It is a mission. It is a mission. It is a mission to run a Catholic Book and Gift store. So when you need your Catholic stuff, get it through them. Get it at their store or let them order it for you. You will help them continue in their mission of being a visible witness to the wider community. Okay, this guy happened to be at a different booth. And so he turned, we kind of nodded at each other. He came over and said, hello. Come to find out, here's a guy. He's got five kids, and he wants to make a go of it in ministry. And so part of what he does is he travels around and he is at events like this. And he does some, like a podcast online and uh, and started. To, we just started to talk about ministry. And this for me was, it was really neat to have one of these conversations again, because I know so much of what he is going through. So here's a guy who's got a passion and some gifting to spend his life, pouring his life out to help Catholics come alive in faith and to help spread the Catholic faith in this country and as far as the Lord would take him. And he wants to be able to make it work in a way where, guess what, his wife can stay at home with the kiddos and that they will actually be able to afford a house and even if it comes to it, put their kids into the right private Catholic educational setting. And that's really hard. That is so difficult from a financial standpoint. There are so few men that are actually ever able to do that and to be open to life, to open to lots of kiddos. The, the great, great, great majority of guys are not able to do that for a simple reason. Church salaries don't pay enough. Whether those salaries are at Catholic schools at a diocese, or in a ministry. If you go work for a ministry or apostolate, you're never going to be paid enough long-term to be able to support a family and achieve those other purposes, unless you're willing to live a type of serious simplicity, a serious level of simplicity. Not quite a vow of poverty, but you're skirting near the lines. It's really hard. So I had a chance to share with him just about the, you know, what does it take to be able to do this? And then how do you not turn ministry into either something that you grow on the back of your family, like your family suffers as you are out there trying to serve the church in the name of serving God and the gospel and the Catholic faith, but you're away from your home all because you have to make enough money to support your family that you're there to <laughs> fulfill your vocation, and you're not. And so you end up being away from your family too much. The, the other part was, it can be a little bit frustrating because you see other ministries, other guys in ministry, making it. They're more famous. They've got a bigger platform. They seem to be making more money. They seem to be more acknowledged. And that is such a temptation for guys who have visible platforms, whether it's radio, TV, the internet, a podcast, a vlog, a YouTube channel, a Facebook page. It is so, it is such a tempting thing for a guy to say, I should have a bigger platform and 
I deserve a bigger platform. And I'm way better than that guy who has a bigger platform. And how come I don't get the chance to do that? And 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 it's like maybe I just need to market more. And that is such a trap because it is so easy to lose the purity of intention that's involved in doing ministry. And so the example I gave him was Father Jacques Philippe. I said, I had the privilege of interviewing Father Jacques Philippe about his ministry, which is literally worldwide. And I said, you know, what was the strategic plan that went into all of that? (laughs) Did you have a team of people and big investors and you put together a five-year plan and a 10-year goal and all this? And he just, I'm just kidding. I didn't say it like that, but I said, how did this happen? And you can go watch the interview. You can actually go watch the interview on, on my YouTube channel, My Catholic Faith TV. It's all one word, My Catholic Faith TV uh, on YouTube. And then just look for the interview with Father Jacques Philippe, and you'll just hear him. It's just like, I, I, I don't know. I didn't plan it. I didn't do any of it. I just striving to live a holy life, and I was giving a retreat, and someone recorded the talks, and they got transcribed, and then it got put into a book, and all of a sudden this book catches fire, and then they do another retreat I've done, and then I've got two books, and then I've got three books, and then these three books are published in five languages, and then 10 languages, and now 15 languages, and I'm getting invitations from around the world, and I, I just want to love the Lord and live in community with my brother priests and and just give some talks, and and in other words, God did it. He was focusing on the Lord. He was focusing on going deeper into holiness. He was, going fo- he was focused on going deeper into honoring the Lord and the intimacy of his prayer life and then doing his best to pour himself out in the opportunity that was right in front of him. And then God took him wider. And I said, that's your challenge in ministry to surrender the big platform as a goal. Surrender the fame as a goal. Surrender that idea that you'll become well-known as a goal. Surrender those things and strive with all your might to go deeper into the Lord, to become more holy, to strip away all of those things that will hold you back from bearing more fruit. And I said, that's the key. The key's not the results, the measurable, visible, how many fans, how many downloads, how many listens, how many views. No, what's going to bear fruit is holiness. If you're holy, your words will strike. Your words, the Lord will be able to use to, to, to break open people's lives and they'll move through your words. I said, that's what you strive for. Strive for holiness. Don't, don't get caught up in the the speaker who's famous is having a bigger impact idea. That's not how God works. That is not what God does. God uses holiness to bear fruit for his kingdom. And so he really appreciated it. He appreciated the talk, and I'm hoping to continue to to talk with him. Because I also said, guess what? You also have to work your butt off. You have to be willing to work extremely hard and sacrificially if you want to be able to stay in ministry. And basically the idea was don't let ministry have to support your whole life. You just have to have some tent making going on. Now, the the majority will do. There are a few who won't, but the majority will have to do some tent making in order to be able to not have to be pouring themselves out and go after all of the money through ministry work. I don't know. I don't know who that was helpful for, but maybe there's a theme here. And the theme is this. Do you want to bear fruit in the life call that is yours? Grow in holiness. 
Don't look for visible, measurable impacts the way that other people in the world would have you look at them. Okay, God is bigger than that. God is bigger. And so focus on him and watch what he can do. I remember my spiritual director saying it this way. He said that riches should neither be pursued nor should they be spurned. But you just be available. If the Lord is going to bless you financially, you accept it and be a good steward. But if you don't, don't get upset and feel like you've done something wrong and therefore you're less in God's eyes or less you should be measuring others as less in God's eyes if they have somehow materially less stuff. And he said the same thing about fame. Don't pursue it, but don't spurn it if doors open to be able to walk through it. But just realize that you're not going to confuse riches and fame with bearing fruit for God. If you go through those doors, you're that much more accountable to be holy in the use of those platforms Otherwise, here's the danger. The very words of the gospel put into the mouth of someone who's not holy, but maybe entertaining, is not going to have the same power. And that can actually deaden the gospel in some people's lives. To think that, I've already heard the most creative, clever, entertaining way that it can be said, it didn't really have any impact on me. So that's why we need holiness. It's holiness that matters, my brothers and sisters. Whether that is as a husband, as a father, as a wife, as a mother, as a whatever the call is you have, it's union with Jesus Christ, deepening your union with the Lord. That's what really matters. Okay, there's story number one. Story number two, I'm telling uh, four stories today taken from my time at the men's conference. And these are stories of contacts that I had with folks. I want to call them divine appointments. Okay, the second one, happened during the first break. So I talked with this fellow during the talk. Talk ends, there's a break, and this and guys come pouring out from the main church, and I'm just kind of hanging out there in the gathering space, and I just see a bunch of guys that I know. Well, the first guy out that I see and remember, I said hi to, hey, hey, how are you? Great to see you, this and that. Well, I just said a question that I thought would be a little bit more engaging. I said, hey, how are things? And he said, well, all right. All right. And I'm thinking, well, let me try to lift him up. Let me try to encourage him. I said, well, what's the best thing happening in your life right now? I love that question. It's a great question. What's the best thing happening in your life right now? Because it immediately is going to get people to stop, ponder, and if they have to think about something really good going on in their lives, then it'll pull them up and out of like just the 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 wide variety of things they could be talking about and could be paying attention to, and they can focus on a really positive thing, a blessing, a godly thing. Well, I said that question to him, and he said, well, actually, right now, it's hard for me to answer that because I have a daughter who right now is lost from view. I don't know where she is, an adult daughter out of the house, but lost contact with her. She has some personal struggles in life, and we knew where she was, but now she's disappeared. And it's really hard because we know that there's a vulnerability there and a brokenness there. And, and here's a, you know, a father's heart 
for his adult daughter. And I'm listening to this. And when you listen to something like this, you get brought into a, I'm like, oh, divine appointment, divine appointment. And the first and natural thing to say is, that's really hard. So you validate it. It must be really hard to be where you're at. And then you could say something like, well, I'll pray for you. You know, I'll pray for your daughter. I'll pray for that situation. You know, God is a faithful God and he knows exactly where she is. And uh, I, I'll be praying. Is that a, that, that's a good thing, right? Not a bad thing. But what's the next thing? You know where this is going, right? You know where this is going. The next thing would be, instead of saying that, to be able to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to pray right now. I didn't even say that. I just literally, I know I've known this guy for 20 years. So I felt comfortable enough to do this. I, as he finished talking, I just literally put my hand on his shoulder and I started to pray right there for him and for his daughter. I prayed with him as a father. He's a father. And I'm going to pray for his daughter. And so I did. And here's something I want you to pay attention to. This is a really big deal. He, when he first approached me, smile on his face. Tom, great to see you. How are things? What's going on? Isn't this cool? What a great event. And yet, inside of him, he's carrying a burden. A heavy burden. A burden that he carries because he's a loving father for his daughter. And that burden is so heavy that it overwhelms his capacity in that moment to recognize what's the best thing happening in your life right now. He can't break through to recognize that there's something good happening right now because of the pain, the burden, <clears throat> the, the sense of powerlessness connected to having a, a daughter in a, in a situation where he doesn't know where she is. He doesn't know, is she going to be okay? I've known that suffering. I have known that burden, the, the wound that is involved in, in having that kind of fatherly love over what is happening in the lives of your kids. And so I prayed with him, with a, a, a real authentic sense of compassion and, and and this is a this is let's call this a priestly act. See, we're anointed priest, prophet, and king, right? And when we're anointed priest, prophet, and king, a priest is a go-between. A priest is a conduit between the people and God, and God and the people. And so there's a flow both ways. So when I was there with my hand on him, at some points I was standing with him and addressing Jesus and saying, "Jesus, come and help, be with this dear brother of mine." And at other points I was. I was attempting to be a conduit for the Lord. The Lord is saying to you that he's here to care for you and your daughter, and he's going to minister, and he's going to move in these powerful ways. That's a divine appointment. That's the Lord setting something up. Back in a minute. Hey, welcome back to Soundsight. This is Tom Kern. I've got four stories to share. I just shared with you the first story about praying with the fellow who <clears throat> didn't approach me for prayer. He didn't come and say, pray with me, please. He didn't come up to me and say, Tom, I'm having a really hard time. Please, would you just pray with me right now? Did not happen like that. 
And, and here's the thing, my brothers and sisters, as you are walking through your day, you're going to have situations emerge where there are going to be these little cues, these little clues, these little moments where it's like, okay, wait a minute. Is there something more there? Is that a crack in a door that is potentially going to be opened up that could lead to further prayer? I've got another story from yesterday that was just such a story. And I'll tell you about it after I finish these other stories, but it's a really cool one. You don't want to miss it. (laughs) And I will get it in today. I will for sure. Okay, so uh, third story. Actually, no, the first story was my meeting with this fellow that is there in ministry, and they're representing a ministry, an apostolate. Second story was with this fellow uh, praying with him. And then um, and, and then the third story was lunch. So it wasn't about lunch. It was <laughs> at lunchtime. I sat down with a group of guys, and again, it, it, one of the great points that shows up in events like this is a chance to reconnect with guys that I've known over the course of many years. Some I've known really deeply, know each of their kids by name, have great memories of them as just little kids. And so at lunchtime, I had a chance to connect with a couple of those guys, and including one of those kids who's now all grown up, all grown up. And I was really looking forward to seeing these guys uh, they were these were two guys that were in my men's group for over five years. Uh, we were in a weekly men's group where we went through the catechism and walked together and just did so many events connected to growth and faith together. Really, very beautiful, powerful, wonderful memories. And now we're all old. <laughs> and I, I one of my biggest brags throughout the whole conference was not about what this child was doing or that child was doing off here, doing ministry, there doing uh, missionary work, uh, whatever. No, my biggest brag was I still have a 10-year-old. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Well, it was to me that I still have a 10-year-old. So there were some guys, some younger guys there whose oldest child was 10, and I still felt like I could cling on to the younger guys because my youngest child was 10. Okay, maybe that's me living in illusion. Be that as it may, we're here at lunch just chatting and talking with these different guys. And one of these guys is involved in the encounter movement. And the encounter movement, and there was another fellow at the table. He's like, what's encounter? And so he was explaining encounter. And what is encounter? It's this school of ministry. It's You've heard me talk about it before. I really believe this is one of those places where God is moving today. Let's call it a movement, and it's it's a movement of signs and wonders. It's a movement of the supernatural. It's really, what is it? It's a movement that is saying, if you look at the Gospels, you'll see that Jesus didn't just preach the Gospel and teach the Gospel. He demonstrated the Gospel. He manifested the Gospel in signs and wonders and deeds of power, in healings, in exorcisms, and in miracles. Jesus doesn't just talk about the kingdom coming. He shows what happens when the kingdom comes and breaks in, breaks open, and touches a life in the here and now. In the early church, when the apostles 
and the disciples went out and evangelized when they preached good news, guess what? They didn't only proclaim Jesus Christ and his kingdom. They demonstrated and manifested that kingdom in signs and wonders and deeds of power, in healings and exorcisms, in dealing with the demonic, and in miracles. And if you take a look at the flow of the church down through history, you will see that in every generation, in every age, you have great saints in particular, holy saints, who display that the gospel is not simply to be talked about, but is also to be demonstrated. And so I love this encounter, School of Ministry, because it is recovering that today. That there are, it, uh, there are those who are saying, look, pay attention. The Holy Spirit that came at Pentecost and is released within us in baptism and confirmation, this Holy Spirit comes with gifts, anointings, spiritual uh, strength to, in fact, move in the gifts of the Spirit so that when the gospel is proclaimed, there will be signs and wonders and deeds of power, uh, healings and, and uh, taken on the demonic and spiritual warfare and in miracles. And it's happening today. And when more Catholics can become formed in this way of living their life of faith, then we will be more courageous in proclaiming the gospel because we see the gospel come alive. Woo, there we go. So I gave an example of that. And the example I gave at lunchtime was the earlier encounter I had with the fellow in the other side of the room. I said, hey, here's what happened. I was talking with this guy, and then this showed up, and there was about this daughter, and I said, let's pray right here. And when I was done with the prayer, he was crying. He was saying, thank you so much. He was deeply moved, personally moved. Praise be to God. What happened there? What happened there was the Lord broke open. The Lord broke open that moment and let that guy know, you're not alone. You might feel overwhelmed. You might keep this undercover, under wraps and hidden, even though inside you're all torn up and, and it's traumatizing to you. Just know this, the Lord is with you and he's with your daughter and he's going to take care of you. And he sent me to be an angel so that you'd know that. Boom. That's what you can do. That can be your life, my brothers and sisters. That's encounter. Okay, so we continue on with the conversation at lunchtime, and we're kind of going around the circle. So, hey, what about this kid? What about that kid? What about the other kid in your life? Because these, again, these are guys I've known for years, so they're asking me about my kids. I'm asking them about their kids. So one of the guys that was there, I said, hey, so what about this guy? What about this kid? And he said, he quieted down. He quieted down because he was, you know, enthusiastic, talking and sharing stories about his other kids. But then he said, well, this is the one where I could use some prayer. Uh, I could use some prayer because he's struggling. And he started to share a bit about the struggles, not in a lot of detail, but started sharing about the struggles. And, and there was just this pause. And I'm like, are you kidding me? If we don't pray right now for this kid <laughs> and for this dad in this circumstance, it would be the most ironic thing in the world because I'm literally talking about Encounter with this guy, explaining it to him from the guy who's there representing Encounter and this other guy who's saying, what is Encounter all about? And, oh, yeah, baptism of the Holy Spirit. I know that. Charismatic renewal. I know that. And here we are. And then he brings this up. I need prayer. My son needs prayer. Well, what do we do? Let's pray right now. Boom. And so we prayed. 
We prayed right there for him and for his uh, his adult uh, uh, child that had, had grown up and was struggling. Like, let's pray for him. So we did. We prayed right there. And again, when we were done, just sort of wetness in his eyes, appreciative, and, and just think about the difference it makes. What difference does it make? He can experience the loving concern of brothers, but beyond that, through that, he experiences the loving concern of God himself. Do you get that? The loving concern of God himself, that the Lord is here. He knows what's in your heart. He knows exactly where your son is at, and he is going to use this prayer to manifest a breakthrough, a break-in, a grace, a gifting, a ministering. That's, that's what I want for our life of faith. That's a living faith. right? That's what we should be expecting in the course of our lives. Okay, so there's my third story. Fourth story has to do with after my talk. <clears throat> so in brief, in my talk, I said, first of all, I, I was just like, wow, amazing, you know, presentations they had today. I said, God didn't bring you, he didn't just bring you here to hear talks, even great talks to entertain you and encourage you. And no, he brought you here because he wants to move on your life, in your life and through your life. And that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to encourage you guys to be open to be used by God right now and to recognize that God wants to move in you and through you in ways that you maybe have not heard before. And then I said something really dramatic. (laughs) If that wasn't dramatic enough, I said, in five minutes, you guys are going to do something that most of you have never done before, and you're going to have an impact that rings out and resounds into eternity. You're going to have an impact that impacts heaven itself in about five minutes. And and I'm like, are you ready? You didn't know that that's what you, was going to happen to you when you came to this event today, but God knew. For all eternity, God has looked down upon this moment, and he's waiting for you to take this action. What action am I talking about? I'll tell you in a minute. Hey, welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Kern. It's great to be with you today. If you're enjoying this program and you want to share it with others, go to mycatholicfaith.org. MyCatholicFaith.org is my ministry website where you can listen to all of these programs in the form of a podcast. They're available on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, which you can sign up for right there. And if you do, please give a nice review and and give a a nice rating, a five-star rating or whatever it is, so that it becomes more visible to more people. And so that would help me grow the podcast, and I would appreciate that. So thank you. So the... uh, I said I was going to have these guys have an impact that they maybe never realized they could have before. What am I talking about? I'm talking about something, if you listen to Sound Insight, you've heard before. Pray for souls that are near to death, but far from God. Souls that are near to death, but far from God. That I said, during this, during this particular talk, there'll be people in this earth who die. And should we presume that all of them are in a state of grace and ready to enter into heaven through purgatory or heaven directly? No, we shouldn't. In fact, 
there's probably a pretty good statistical chance that some of these folks are trapped in mortal sin, like Lazarus in the tomb, and Jesus wants to use you to roll away the stone, because Jesus needed guys to roll away the stone so he could raise Lazarus from the dead. Jesus wants to do a saving intervention in the life of these people, and he's going to use our prayers. He calls us to contribute, to collaborate, to cooperate. How do we know that? Our Lady of Fatima brought it up. Our Lady of Fatima revealed in that vision, souls were falling into hell like snowflakes because there were none to pray and do penance for them, those souls that are near to death and far from God. We are going to pray right now for this. And I said, if you're suffering, offer your suffering. If you're troubled, offer your troubles. If you're not in a comfortable place, offer the lack of comfort. You pray with all your might for this soul you don't even know. One day you'll meet him in heaven. Hopefully we get to heaven and that soul will say, you prayed for me. You didn't even know it. You don't even know who it is. God knows. God has assigned you for this moment. Let's go. And so we prayed. And afterwards I shared. I shared that um, one of the, I said, look at, look at the difference you can make. And then just talked about what's at stake right now in our lives. What, look what was at stake in this prayer right now. And then just like what's at stake in the church and how hard it is right now, how broken it is. And it's because we're passive, we're effeminate. And we just don't want to do what's difficult. And I shared very honestly about the conversion that happened in my life through suffering, through terrible trials, very, very difficult storms and the stormy season that entered my wife and my life. If Again, if you've listened to Sound Insight, you've heard me share the story. I went into a little bit more detail. Some guys were really surprised there. They're like, Tom, I, I know I've walked with you for years. I know what you and Carrie have gone through with you know, one of your kids in, in terms of rebellion, but I never knew the details. And so I shared some of the details, not a lot. <laughs> I shared some of the details enough to let them know how painful and how difficult that was and how the gift that God gave me came precisely through the suffering and the difficulty. So if you hear me talk a bit about the need to discern moving and how you need, you want to, you want to move to save your family from suffering and especially your kids from suffering, it's because we have been through hell. We have suffered and we just want to preserve other families from that same suffering. And, and one of the things that we learned was you just, Ordinary action is not going to get it done. It takes heroic effort to to raise an ordinary believer today. Heroic efforts. So I I called for that. Heroic efforts. Well, lo and behold, I did not know that afterwards I said, look, after the talk we have adoration, but I'll be sitting over here and I'm open to pray with any guy that wants prayer. Whole lineup of guys came. One after the other. I ended up being there for about 40 minutes after the event ended. <laughs> Why? These guys were desperate for prayer. They were desperate, you know what? They were desperate not just for prayer, they were desperate to share. To share a hidden suffering, a hidden trial, a hidden brokenness that they were walking with that brought them a great suffering. And you know what? I believe that Really, one of the biggest reasons why they were there to pr be prayed with by me was that I shared my brokenness, suffering, and difficulties. This was not something that I was immune from. It was not something that I somehow was superior to, that hadn't touched my life, and, oh, let me help you. No, 
No, no, no, no. Because I had gone through hell, and it wasn't. It's not like we're in heaven yet. We're still in purgatory, but we're we're better than we were. Is that they felt like you know what? I feel like we're down, going down into the pit, or we're in the pit, or maybe we're climbing out too. And I would love your prayers. And so I got to pray with a whole bunch of brothers in the Lord at their points of pain and suffering and trial, that the Lord would be with them and minister to them. It was really beautiful. So those are my stories from the, the men's conference. I have, I have one more story I want to share with you because it feels like there's been an aggressive overflow that has come from that event. And it, I'll tell you one way that it's manifested. And I'm going to ask you to say a prayer for me because I really was like, wow, Lord, this was, this was very, it was very encouraging to me to, to do a few things. And, and honestly, I was like, one of the biggest things was to get back and pray again live on Facebook, to pray the rosary live again on Facebook. The guys that shared with me the impact that that had was like, okay, God, you're, you're giving me, all right, I, if the Lord is like sending an angel to speak a message to me, okay, Lord, I get it. I get it. The other one was be open to evangelize, be open to divine appointments, seek them, be available to them, be bold in reaching in and speaking into those circumstances. So pray for me for that. Pray for me to have the spiritual stuff removed from my life that holds me back from being more bold in proclaiming Christ in my day-to-day life. Yes, pray for that. So what happened yesterday? So what happened yesterday? It was a work day. I'm diving in and I'm going through my list of stuff to do. And I got a text message from a guy whose house I'm listing right now. And he said, hey, give me a report on what happened over the weekend. Well, over the weekend, I was in Olympia, speaking at the men's conference, and nobody uh, came to see his home. So I didn't have a lot to report, but I did remember that somebody had called me. Uh, This person was just driving by the house, saw my sign and my name on it and phone number, and called it. I said, hey, I'm just calling. How much is that house? And I told her. And she said, I said, do you want to see the house? She said, no, no, just wanted to find out. Thank you. Goodbye. I hung up. Didn't know her name. Uh, was not an agent, just some passerby. So when I saw that text, I'm like, okay, before I call him back, I should call at least call this woman up and, and find out if she's interested in seeing the house. So I called her back. I, I went through my list of calls. I saw the number and called. And she answered. And I said to her, um, hey, how you doing? I said something kind of funny and, and, you know, like, oh, so glad that you put in a full price offer. She said, no, I didn't do anything like that. I said, I was just trying to be Monday humor. She said, well, I'm having a hard time with Monday humor because tomorrow I'm having surgery. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And sure enough, it opened a door. And so... She then said, I don't even know why I'm sharing this with you, but she told me what she was having surgery for. And I said, would it be okay with you if I prayed with you right now? And then I told her the reason why I had called her wasn't because I had planned on it, because I was prompted to do it by this text. And I prayed with her, a fervent prayer, that Jesus would be her divine physician and would watch over her surgery and bring healing. And when I was done praying, she was crying and crying and just saying, thank you so much. This was sent by God. It was so beautiful. And I just can't thank you enough for doing that. 
So pray for Michelle. She's having surgery today. Pray that the Lord would truly be the divine physician healing her and be open to be used by God.